Howdy, folks. It's Thursday, June the 2nd. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and right now you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. In a little bit, we're going to talk about Slack, the messaging tool. Yes, very exciting stuff. JK, it's a messaging tool. Can't be that exciting. But what is interesting is that it may be quietly taking on a giant of the corporate world, LinkedIn. We're going to discuss in a bit, but before we get to all that, here are a few things you should know. Let's get crack-a-lacking. Juliet, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the future of the Elvis wedding, which may be in jeopardy. Oh, it's a big industry, right? Yes. Um, so the Las Vegas wedding industry is worth $2 billion. Whoa. And a lot of people <laughs> who go and get hitched in Vegas want uh, an Elvis impersonator to do it. It's a classic. There are 55 standalone chapels in Las Vegas, according to the Las Vegas Review Journal, and all of them offer you the opportunity to get married by an Elvis impersonator. So it's very big. Interesting. But it might be over. So there is this company called Authentic Brands Group, and that is the company that licenses Elvis Presley merchandise. They bought the rights to Presley from Core Media Group in 2013. They also acquired from that same company the rights to Marilyn Monroe and Muhammad Ali. So some big stars here. Okay. Despite the fact that they did this in 2013, just now, in the month of May, they sent a cease and desist letter to several Vegas chapels about their Elvis impersonator weddings. Really? Yes. And that may put a big dent in the industry if it turns out that they can't do that anymore. Clark County Clerk Lynn Goya, who oversees the city's wedding marketing, told the Review Journal that this might destroy a portion of the wedding industry. And it is a sector that's only just rebounding from the pandemic. Ah. In fact, getting married by Elvis Presley or an Elvis Presley impersonator is so popular that we see celebrities do it all the time. One of the Kardashians just did it. Sophie Turner from Game of ah. Thrones married a Jonas brother. Turner, Jonas Brothers, yeah. Yes, lots of big names. So it's not just shotgun wedding. It's like, this is the thing to do. Yeah. So nobody really knows what's going to happen. All of these chapels are supposed to be compliant by now or maybe face legal action, but mm. no one's really heard from the company since. Some of them have stopped their Elvis weddings and are just doing generic rock and roll theme weddings. That's sad. It's possible that they think they're, that this company thinks that they could cash in on some renewed Elvis interest. There's a biopic from Baz Luhrmann. He did Moulin Rouge. That's coming out later this month. So hard to say what's going to happen to the Elvis wedding. Great American pastime. (laughs) You can still, however, if you like, do a kiss wedding or an Alice Cooper impersonator wedding. So there are still options. All right. Very interesting. So what are you looking at today? So what I was following is Elon Musk on Tuesday, yesterday, saying in two emails that were sent to staff that every Tesla employee must work at least 40 hours a week at a physical Tesla office. So he sent two emails. One, I believe, was to uh, higher-ups, and one was, I believe, to everyone at Tesla. He said, if you do not show up, we will assume you have resigned. The more senior you are, the more visible must be your presence. And he went on to say, if he had not lived in the factory so much, that's a quote, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt. In one of the emails... Musk said, if there are any particularly exceptional contributors who cannot, for any rhyme or reason, work out of an office, he would review those cases directly. I, for one, would love to see who has the gumption to pitch him on mm-hmm. on their reason for why they can't work in an office now. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know how much work Elon Musk actually does in the office because it seems like he spends a lot of time on Twitter. Oh. And I also saw that he was playing Elden Ring, which is like 100 hour game. So I just want to. I want to know how much time Elon spends there. 
I can't confirm this, but uh, I saw someone tweet out something along the lines of they were writing about that game and that it's his favorite game and people who built it were working remotely. Hmm. I can't confirm if that is true, but if so, it would be kind of ironic. It may be. (laughs) Moving along. In other news, some news out of the crypto space. Some not great news, to be honest. A group of top-notch technologists from Harvard, Microsoft, Google, and the like have joined forces in an organized effort to lobby U.S. lawmakers to crack down on the crypto industry, citing the safety and reliability of digital assets. And they're pushing back against lobbying from the crypto industry itself. Since 2018, spending on crypto lobbying has quadrupled to nearly over $9 million. This happens, by the way, as yesterday, Nate Chastain, who's a prominent former staffer at NFT marketplace OpenSea, was charged basically with insider trading of NFTs using his access to the platform. I'm sure the Netflix documentary writers are all over this Mm -hmm. this week. As they say, though, can't spell crypto without cry, right? Do they say that or is that a a thing you say? I say that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Also, Instagram today will start rolling out a feature that'll highlight Amber Alerts and users' feeds to notify people about missing children in their specific areas when that is necessary. Speaking of Instagram, by the way, longtime COO of parent company Meta, Sheryl Sandberg is stepping down from a role she joined in 2008. And lastly, General Motors Company said it plans to convert every vehicle in Buick's North American lineup to electricity making them electric vehicles by 2030, which is just eight years away. And I was just thinking about it. Eight years ago was 2014, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, 2014 feels like maybe, I don't know, four years ago at most. So eight years is not too far. Yeah, that's coming up. Juliet, what are your thoughts on Slack? I'm indifferent to Slack. Indifferent. I feel like Slack has become a necessary part of my life. Right. It's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Okay. That's a, that is a fair take about Slack. I think I probably agree. I think it's made some things easier. I think it's made some things in my life more complicated. But many companies obviously sign up to use Slack in hopes that it'll help their employees work more effectively, communicate more effectively. What they likely don't expect is that employees might end up using the app to find their next job. So there's this interesting trend that has arisen. And the Wall Street Journal has highlighted it. I've seen it with my own two eyes. It's that Slack has become kind of a budding, popular place for people in tech to find their next job. A little bit unexpected, but you have these professional communities now developing on the platform, using the platform across a variety of spaces and niches. And a major purpose of them is really to network with each other and post your credentials, uh, meet other people. But why is this happening on Slack? Right. The reason is kind of threefold. First, you have cost. For communities of people, Slack is very low cost. There's even a free version that'll get the job done. Then you have familiarity. So many people are using it already for work, so they're already on the app. And then it has uh, good features, the ability to create subject-specific channels, message other people directly, track topics through threads, all very helpful community tools. And with many of these communities focused around specific career disciplines like design, UX, product marketing, networking opportunities naturally 
arise within them. So workers are reporting some serious benefits to using Slack over traditional job hunting techniques and tools, including speed. Slack's networking channels allow workers to connect directly with people at other companies, bypassing traditional recruiting processes. And then you have social proof. So by searching a user's message history, for example, within the community and in the chats, a hiring manager, for example, who might be in the group can get a sense for how someone communicates, how they work, how they think. And just yesterday, this is, I found this interesting, Slack actually announced new features that I think reinforce this whole idea of them having a little Trojan horse when it comes to LinkedIn. They announced more detailed profiles for people in the app. So you can learn more about someone on their profile. They also announced a feature that lets you hear how to pronounce someone's name. That's cool. Obviously, Slack is is relatively small compared to LinkedIn. LinkedIn has, I believe, over 830 million members. Slack last reported in 2019, I think around 12 million members or daily active users. I'm sure that's gone up significantly since then. So it's obviously grown, but it has competition too across Microsoft Teams. And LinkedIn also has its own groups feature that uh, professionals use for networking. Yeah, I think LinkedIn is interesting. And I do find that when I'm actively looking for work, Mm -hmm. I do get a lot of recruiters and I do get a lot of attention. That's cool. But any other time that I'm on LinkedIn, like if someone asks me to post something, I feel like I'm kind of like that Steve Buscemi mean, but I'm like, hello, fellow adults, um, <laughs> because it just feels yeah. it feels so weird. Like it almost feels yeah. like LARPing as as an adult or something over there, even though I am an adult and I am interested in those kind of things. Like it just always feels weird on LinkedIn. <laughs> For sure. All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. If you liked what you heard, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Benarila. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.